This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Hey, thanks for joining us online here at Calvary. Uh, Listening to those songs, you had a perfect picture of an ancient song and a new song. Music is such an important part of our lives. We listen to music all the time, and it helps to shape our mood and how we're thinking and feeling. I I love to turn to a playlist and listen to certain songs when I'm in a certain mood. We create playlists when we go on a run or we take a ride or we work out, or even if you're working around the house, sometimes a playlist will just get you in the mindset for what you're doing. I love to take a ride in the mountains and have the radio blaring because music is such an important part of our lives. In fact, this summer, Lucy and I are gonna celebrate 40 years of marriage. It's hard to believe. But on our very first date in 1978, we went to a Billy Joel concert. And sometimes today when we hear Billy Joel on the radio or at home, we think back immediately to life together as we fell in love in the late 70s. And that music has a way of touching us and moving us in a way to familiar feelings when we listen to it. I love that about a playlist. And that's the idea behind our series for the summer of 2021, the summer playlist. And what we're going to do through the weeks of summer is look at some of the passages in the Bible that are really formative for our life, that take us back to the roots of our faith And maybe recall something of how we came to Christ or how we need to grow in him. The summer playlist is going to be a variety of speakers through the summer who are passionate about a text that has transformed their lives, and they're going to share it with us. And I get to begin today in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the first in the playlist, 2 Peter chapter 1. Today, we're going to look at uh, most of the first 13 verses, but I want to begin with verses 12 and 13, and maybe all the way to 15, where Peter explains what he's about in opening this letter to Christians who had been dispersed and were in persecution, but he was writing to them really with the idea of creating in their minds I think, something of a playlist, something to remember. So let's listen to his words in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Therefore, he said, I, therefore, in light of what came before, which we're going to look at in just a moment, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. It's very clear that Peter is saying what he's saying in the opening chapter of this letter in order to remind them of things that they knew, to bring to recall these things. 
I intend always to remind you. Why do we need to be reminded? Well, we're forgetful. We're forgetful. We're busy. We get preoccupied with other things. And sometimes the first things, the most important things, get lost. If you just reflect now on how long you've been around church or known Jesus and followed him, you might think of all the things you knew in the early days of your Christian experience, could you bring them back and share them with others? Peter is actually saying, I want to remind you of all of these things. And he's feeling kind of urgent because he says, I think it right for me to do this to you, to remind you now, as long as I'm in this body, that word in verse 13 is the word tent. I'm in this tent. Well, what's a tent? A tent is a temporary dwelling. And Peter thought of his physical body as a temporary dwelling. And he said, I want to stir you up by way of remembering, since I know that the putting off of this body is going to happen. Peter knew from the Lord's revelation to him that he would die soon. And so he was feeling urgent to remind them of some of the greatest priorities of their life because he didn't want them to forget, as we often do. And so he said, I want to stir you up. To stir up is an interesting word. It means to disturb um, the relative position of something. So you stir the soup or you stir something on the stove. And he said, I want to agitate you just enough so that you will remember this. Forgetfulness is a really significant problem in the Christian life because we learn lots of truth and then over time we can sometimes forget it. Reminds me of a story I, I heard about these two longtime friends. Two women were sitting on a bench together. They were in their 90s and they were friends forever. And one said, boy, my memory is so bad right now. And her friend said, well, how bad is it? And she replied, how bad is what? Boom. We forget. We don't even sometimes remember things that we know we should remember. And when I listen to Peter here, he's really driving home that he wants to remind them of these things. Because remembering them will be like a familiar song. It'll take us back perhaps to the very first initial blessings of being a Christian, It'll take us back to some familiar joy that we knew in another day. So the aim of the summer series is to refresh and replay some tapes in our mind about things we absolutely know are true, but perhaps occasionally lose sight of. So if that's what he's after, well, let me make one more point. He says in verse 15, I'll make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. In other words, I'm not going to be here all the time. But I want you to be able to have these things as an anchor for your soul. So as I think about our lives, I know we're not all going to be here. And it's very important in our families and in our church, in our life groups, and in our student ministries, that we're passing on to the next generation the things that have to be remembered for all time.
So now, with that in our mind, let's look at what it is actually that Peter is trying to remind them of. He begins in verse 2, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. We're reminded in verse 2 that grace and peace come from knowing God and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing him. And then in verse 3, I would say that there are two things that Peter wants them to remember. And the first is their identity. I read that in verses 3, 4, and 5, or 3 and 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, by which he granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Those long verses, three and four, I think indicate Peter's vision that they have an identity because the gospel has come to them, they've come to know Jesus, and their identity is wrapped up in what God has done for them. So again, verse 3, His divine power granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Those two gifts, I take life here to be eternal life, that God, see it, God has granted to us everything that relates to eternal life and godliness. God is the source of that. You can see in this text his divine power in verse 3, his glory and his excellence in verse 3, and his precious and great promises in verse 4. This is all God's doing that he has granted to us to have eternal life and godliness. These two qualities go together. When God changes a life, by the gospel of Jesus Christ, he grants eternal life through faith. But he also grants godliness, an increasing likeness to himself. The whole mission of God's work in saving us, in granting us eternal life, is to transform our lives to more approximate his character and his life. That's godliness. And sometimes people want to have eternal life, but are kind of lukewarm about godliness. And Peter won't allow that. He said, when you come to God through faith in Christ, and your whole identity is wrapped up in knowing him for eternal life, it also includes the pursuit of godliness that is in God's mind for us. They go together. And God's doing it all. I think of this as Peter wanting to remind them, this is really who you are. You are God's because you have eternal life through Christ. And you are growing in godliness because you are God's and you have eternal life. That's the whole mission of God in bringing us into his family, that we would be identified with him. He did it through his power. 
Only God could save us. He did it because he's a glorious God and he's, he has excellence. It's the idea of moral virtue. He's holy in himself. And he did it and gave us his great promises together. So when we think of what Peter's trying to remind this audience, it's that, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You're, you belong to him through eternal life and through the pursuit of godliness. Let's think about those precious promises for a moment. Maybe one of the assignments you would do throughout the summer is to begin to make a catalog of the promises of God, which Peter wants to bring to mind to these readers. So let's think of some of them. The promises I wrote down is whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise of God that when we call upon the Lord, we'll be saved. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The, the scriptures tell us that even if we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, there's no reason to fear for he's always with us and he comforts us. How about this one from the book of Romans chapter 8? All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined, here it is, to be conformed to the image of his son. The things that work together for good that God promised would always happen is that when we experience the love of God and we love him, we understand that he has called us and he has purposed for us, Romans 8, 29, to be conformed to the image of his son. That sounds very much like God has granted us everything that pertains to eternal life and to godliness. And of course, if you were with us in the series through 1 Thessalonians, you know that that book ends with this prayer by Paul now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole soul, spirit, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the promise. Faithful is he who called you. He will surely do it. He will do what? He will completely sanctify you. He will completely bring about a God-likeness, a Christ-likeness in you, the ability to experience eternal life now and in the future and godliness now. It's a promise that God did make for us in this text. So listen, I think what Peter's trying to remind them of is do you know who you are? You belong to God. You have eternal life. You are in his hand and moving on toward godliness. That's how he thinks about you. Our identity is so important. We need to remember who we really are. A number of years ago, I was on a flight to South America with some businessmen and um, they had arranged the trip and I was traveling along as a pastor with them and they entered into the plane and they sat in the very front section called first class. I went to the back of the plane and this plane had seven seats across, two, five, two, and I was somewhere wedged in the middle. And just about the time the plane was taking off, 
a flight attendant came back and said, are you Mr. Shirk? I said, yes, I am. She said, Mr. Beasley would like you to come up and sit with him. I said, in first class? She said, yes. I gathered up my things and said, I can do that. And as I was walking up to first class, you might think I would say, do you know who I am? I'm moving to first class. But the truth be told, I knew who I was. I, I was nobody. But I was with Mr. Beasley. And my identity feature in that moment was I knew Mr. Beasley and I was traveling with him. And so I, I got the upgrade in a much greater way. Do you know who you are? We're nobody. We've been saved by grace. But we're with him. We're with him. That's who we really are. So you hear what Peter's saying? I want to remind you. I want to stir you up to know God has granted, he has given to us everything connected to eternal life in the future and godliness now. And that's his desire that we would know who we are in him. And verse 3 tells us what we've escaped and how we've come to experience his life in us, having escaped the corruption that's in the world because of our sins. This is all wrapped up in an understanding of the gospel. Do you know that? I want to just stir it up by way of remembrance. You've been saved because of the good grace of God, and that's who you are. So let's remember, number one, our identity. Secondly, I want us to see that I think Peter is trying to suggest that we need to remember our priority. And the priority is described a little bit in verse 5 down through verse 12, 11. For this very reason, because of who you are, that's how I take it, because you know who you are, make every effort to supplement your faith. In other words, you believe in God and you have eternal life. Now, supplement your faith. The word supplement simply means add to what already exists. And then to faith, Peter lays out seven more virtues or Christian pursuits that we participate in in pursuing, in somehow supplementing what we already believe with these traits. Let's read what they are. Verse 5, supplement your faith with virtue. Virtue is that same word as up above in verse 3, excellence. It's moral excellence. It's what we might say is holiness. It's uh, moral character. So if I'm going to grow the priority of my life, I need to add to what I believe about God and supplement moral excellence the pursuit of what is holy. COVID has given us many opportunities in the last year to relax some of our other habits. I wonder how you're doing in moral excellence. Moral excellence, we add to it by keeping in step with the Spirit. You'll notice all of these things are virtually impossible to self-generate. But by faith, 
We trust God to walk in greater virtue and to add to our virtue knowledge, the understanding of the body of truth about Jesus. He's used knowledge in verse 2. He uses it again later in these verses. He actually closes the book of 2 Peter, commanding them to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Growing in knowledge is transformational. And add to your knowledge self-control, the ability to sometimes refrain from what we would otherwise want to do, or self-control that puts a limit on things. Again, during the last year, if our habits have been somewhat relaxed, we perhaps have watched more than we should or something we shouldn't have or eaten more or exercised less. And this self-control is the restraint on the inner man that restrains us from doing what doesn't contribute to godliness. So self-control. Add to self-control steadfastness, perseverance. We've all needed that in this season. God, help us to persevere, to keep pressing on. Many of us have felt like we're less resilient because of the, all of the weights of the last year. But what Peter's saying is your priority is to keep pressing on in this kind of resilience and steadfastness. And from steadfastness to godliness, and godliness add brotherly affection, the ability to love those who are around us. And I think about how all of these pile on to one another, adding to brotherly affection, love. So you look at those, well, what's the difference? Brotherly affection is the Greek word Philadelphia. Brotherly love, it's love in the family. And then at the end of that verse 7, add to brotherly affection, agape love, the unconditional, self-giving love. These eight traits from faith to love and everything in between are what Peter says, here's the priority. Here's our part. God has done his to grant us eternal life and godliness now, what's our part? What's our priority? We add to. I say that carefully because we can't create these things. We keep in step with the Spirit and we are sensitive to God and we pray that these qualities, a word used four times in this text, will grow in us as we wait on the Lord. Now, if I read all of those virtues um, from faith moral excellence, knowledge, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly love, and agape love, we'd say, well, I know that. And that's the point of a playlist. Play it again, bring it back, remember the first things, and let's go after them. It's interesting that many of these qualities are actually the same as the fruit of the Spirit. Love, patience, perseverance, steadfastness, they're in there. And they can't be generated by us, but God wants to do it in us. And it's a priority in our life to pursue it. He says the reward of it, if these qualities are yours and increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. 
All of these actually contribute to the very best life right now, our life in Christ with these qualities. I want to stir you up by way of remembrance of these things. Maybe one exercise would be to look at those eight traits in verses five through seven and say, how would I give myself a grade on my brotherly love, on my love in the family? One of the steps you might take to increase it would be to take a step closer and join a group, a Bible study, a life group, uh, a small study together where you could be in a community and express brotherly love. If it's self-control, what are the things that you would do to fortify your life and grow your ability to control some of your habits or appetites? I think a measurement of these traits would be a good exercise for us in summer. Let's pray that God would point out which one of these would be something that he would delight to have us work on. Because Peter's saying, I want to stir these up, that you don't forget them and keep going after them. Verse 10, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, these things, these virtues, you will never fall. You'll be steadfast. I think what Peter's reminding them is there is a, a battle, there's a struggle, there's a constant work that needs to happen as we think about our life with him. He's given us everything we need. Our priority is to pursue these things with our heart. And the reward is eternal life. Spoken for us in verse 11. If in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These are, in a sense, are the verification. I belong to him. I have his life. And heaven's my reward. Okay. This is playlist song number one. I remind you, you know who you are. You're in Christ. You have his life. Our priority, let's pursue him with all we have. That's what we're going to do for the weeks of summer. I'm glad you're with us. I'd like to pray for you that these things would be true of us this morning, right now, tonight while you're listening, and for all the days until we enter into his kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the reminder of things that are true about us. We belong to you. Thank you for the things that are true about you. You have the power to give eternal life. You are the source of grace. And every excellence and glory and every promise. We cling to your promise today and we pray that you will help us advance in godliness as we remember these things. Help our memories, help our hearts, and lead us to live our life like you. This is what we pray for. This is the life of joy. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.